1: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello everybody and welcome to We Say Things episode 121. Suns fan here with The Cinder Man. And as you can see on our screen right now, which you can't see if you're listening to audio only, but believe you me, we have great support from a new partner, Named Manscaped, which I'm sure many of you have actually seen before. They are the mm-hmm. best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they're the champions of the world. Uh, this is something they wrote, but I might agree with this as well. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> they can't be the champions of the world if I'm the champion of the
1: world. Well, they can we'll be second. All right. Okay. Well, Manscaped yeah. offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That means your well, testicles, by the way. Uh, they oh. just launched... Their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Can you, by any chance, show that on screen? I have this. I have it right here. Look at how it is that handy showing that off is. very well. Yes. I'm going to turn it on for some ASMR real quick. You guys can hey. hear this? Can you hear that right now? Oh, yeah, that's some good ASMR. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that that's real tasty delight there. Uh, so, <laughs> the Lawnmower 4.0, you can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer, you guys can get, you can't hear it, sad, 20% off and free worldwide shipping if you use the code WeSayThings, which is one word, by the way, we say things at manscaped.com. Of course, the link will be in the description, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, this I, I'm a fan of Manscaped mostly because uh, I did cut, I don't, okay, I'll be honest, Cinder, I stopped shaving mm-hmm. the testicular area. Like, when I say shave, I mean trim. I haven't uh-huh. trimmed in a while because I had an incident. <laughs> oh, no. I had an incident a couple of years ago where I accidentally cut myself. It wasn't, thankfully, on the sack area. I thought you to say
0: on camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not on camera. That would have made livestream fails for sure. But I did cut myself <laughs> quite badly, and it has scared me to use any more shaving-related stuff on, the again, the testicular area. Uh, but that's because I used the, my normal shave. <laughs> And I don't wash it. And, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with what I did before. But thanks there's to Manscaped, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and if they haven't won you over yet, Shannon, I, their naming conventions are actually really funny. So obviously okay. the shaver is called the lawnmower. They sent us this box with some different things, including got a nice bag. Whoa, I just dropped something. I just dropped something more. That will be on the floor until after the episode. Okay, good. Um, then they sent a T-shirt with it, which says your balls will thank you. So that's perfect for wearing in public. Um, Then they sent this, which is a ball toner, and it's called the Crop Reviver. (laughs) And a deodorant, which is called the Crop Preserver.
1: Hey, I've been, okay, every trip I've taken, this is a little TMI, I've been chafing like crazy in the taint area, so I'm going to apply that bad boy at TI, and it's going to be a real dream. Um, Can't
0: wait to uh, sit next to you. But anyway, if you guys go to really
1: manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping mm. if you use our code WESAYTHINGS. And remember, uh, number one, it's great to use something that isn't like used on your face. I would recommend like an actual <laughs> different product like this for your nether regions. But another reason to support Manscaped is because not only do they support us, but um, eSports as a whole and video games. They're big into the scene. So thank you, thank you. Okay. Stuff. So let's get started with the Patreon shout-out, Cinder, and I'll do the first half. Uh, thank you Where's to... The, oh my
0: god, this list, man. It's pretty
1: freaking long. This This intro is going to be 10 full minutes. We can retire I, soon. I paid $40, so Suns fan has to tell Cinder to watch The Matrix every week. I believe our highest tier is $30, but thank you for the extra 10, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also
0: gifts us two subs every week. That's true. Okay, oh, that well.
1: might make sense molda yeah. dota club norway's best and only dota team okay that's probably true games for falling asleep zaddy sova flozy b disco farm d playing position four caudal at 1k mmr and baja blasting three jungle camps and the mid wave at three minutes why can't i rank up vincent dark sea mediocre night. Artorius and his good boy Sif the Sword Dog. Semper Pie, Hakuna Matata, the guy in the chair, got 5K MMR, took longer than a law degree. I definitely believe that. Congratulations. Lucas Frankel, Commander Donut. I cannot wait to watch both of you at TI. I'm so excited. Less than three. Oh, heart to you nice as well. I, this is not a heart. I don't know what the fuck this, <laughs> this
0: did you is. what I. just do something with your I, hands?
1: I, I just did this and it's supposed to be a heart, but it's not even close. Uh, please help me, I'm in prison in Suns Fan's attic. Bread Sheeran, Bonsai Wise Guy, Chicken Pot Pie, Chikar, playing against Wyvern on lane is so shitty, his second spell should be called Sphincter Blast and the Mega Pope. Thank you, friends. And then
0: we also have, in New Zealand, friendship costs 50.32 per month. Thanks for the vaccines, Denmark, TI New Zealand. You're very welcome. Hopefully the vaccine wasn't very expensive. I believe, I we not We talked about this last episode, right? I think we did. Uh, Zan Xavier, Nate Thicke, Zero One Ham scroats. got some products for you here, my friend. <laughs> Bacon. Uh, oh, another one who needs the product. Morbidly wanking off my goblin-like schlong as I look up among the stars, knowing my only salvation is first item bottle. Yeah, sponsored it. episode, but at least topical this time. Shark TM, Onion the Dog, Novi Panda, Dop. Sosnek in Japanese is Niniku, as I'm half Japanese. Nothing to see here. Oh, underscore. The nine hour purge video that follows a monstrous patch is Ben Broomhead's religion. Pitch black, wooden aftertaste, done talk, outsourced incest again. Well, I hope that gets renamed at some point. We Anonymous. Need to look that up in the dictionary. About to cancel my $30 friendship with Sans Fan. Oh, well, you can be my friend instead. Peter, it's harder to lie to an attractive person. Niebling. And Perkadirk hopes he changed it in time this time. You did. That was over a month ago. <laughs> thank you guys so much. That is a that is an incredible list of InBruge patrons. I think this is the longest it has ever been, by quite a bit even. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys so much. And if you are listening or watching and want to chip into the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash we say things. There's different tiers uh, with different funny little perks for Subscribe. Yes, please
1: make it longer so the intro is ruined. Like, you guys are literally ruining the beginning of these. <laughs> it's, two, it's seven minutes in already. We haven't done anything. Okay. Uh, oh, it wasn't only the patrons, though. That's true. Imagine that's, if that was seven minutes. We did though, talk about seven. our testicles quite a bit. Yeah, you did. Cinderin. Uh, yes. TI invites came out. We're both yes. invited. Are we Yay. Invited? Yay. Woohoo. Woohoo. Of course, we did know. Uh, well, cinder has been invited to every fucking TI anyway, so it's no big surprise for him. But I was very happy to get uh, the invite myself as well. Uh, we were invited. We were invited two months before the <laughs> announcement. I went to ESL, and we knew like a month before that even. So it was a That's lot of the waiting.
0: Earliest around. that I can remember, talent being invited ahead of the event. By I the guess way.
1: I wouldn't know. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, that was kind of extraordinary. But in many ways, it's a good thing. It gives more time to do logistics and planning and everything. But yeah, yeah. Look forward to it. It's going to be amazing. We're traveling in what's that? Three weeks from now? Yeah, three weeks. No, wait, less. way less. Hang on, I'm doing the less math. Less than wrong. two weeks. Week and a half. Sorry, I skipped ahead. I was looking at
1: fourteenth instead of fourth. Yeah, that's right. So just a week and a half to go. Yeah. It's what do you think a of the talent list as a whole, Cinderin? What are your opinion? Who do you hate on the list?
0: Oh, can't stand BSJ man. What? I was gonna t- say
1: Jenkins. God. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. That. I guess. I guess. Yeah. yeah, Jenkins. I hate Jenkins. Um. Actually, I don't like any of them except you, Shannon. You're the only
1: one that I like. That's in the because whole world. I programmed you to say that, but I appreciate mm-hmm. it anyway. Yes. It still feels good. Um. So on top of that, the general ticket admissions uh, apparently went on sale, Cinderin. And yep. people were talking about how the new mm. system was much better than previous ones. I'm not, Good. I don't know why. I should have clicked on the Reddit thread to read, but I was a little lazy today. So I don't have the information to the point where I probably shouldn't have brought this up at all because I sound like an idiot. Your thoughts?
0: <laughs> That's what you do. Um, so the tickets went on sale really late, right? I want to say it's like two days ago. Um, yeah, something like that. Which means it's less than two weeks ahead of an event like this, which is kind of crazy. But Valve were obviously making sure that with COVID regulations and everything, they could even have an audience. I have to say I'm surprised. I thought we weren't going to have one. Um, so, for now, it's obviously a positive surprise. Then we'll see in like what capacity it is, if we run into any trouble or anything. But hopefully everything runs smoothly and we just have an audience there. I don't know how big it's going to be. Um, I'm assuming they're not allowed to use the entire arena. But... Well, oh, if know. they're
1: requiring vaccinations, then it's very possible to use the entire arena. We don't know. but
0: I guess so. I guess they could technically do that. So the requirements are full vaccination, and everyone in the audience has to wear a mask yeah. um, on top of being vaccinated. So they're being very cautious with it. And I can appreciate that. It's a big event, uh, and people are coming in from all over the world. So, yeah. That's yep. Good. Agreed. Excited. I'm really excited to see how many people are going to be there. Like, there's plenty <laughs> of people that are written. Hell yeah, I managed to get a ticket right away. The queue was like three thousand long, which could mean anything depending on when that was at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, Because yeah, previous TIs the tickets have like sold out instantly, so we'll see. Uh, Maybe it's a really big audience. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I, I hope so.
1: Have no idea. I mean, again, in the US, they have full capacity basically for a lot of sporting events, and they're not Mm -hmm. required to be vaccinated even. Uh, So we'll see. But uh, that's the US though. Yes, yeah, so the U.S. is uh, a little... Way ahead. Well, I guess in some respects, sure. <laughs> um, not every respect, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, cool to see uh, a lot of people invited. Like this talent list, I haven't really paid attention. It seems longer than usual. It seems like a lot of people. It's. A... I want to say it's about the same. Okay, great. Usual. So it feels really bad to not get invited uh, this for this long then. If or it, i thought nah, this was you, more you than might usual.
0: hang on no i think you're i think you're right i think it's a bit bigger actually i think it might okay. be like one row larger than usual uh, okay it is a lot of people for sure
1: glad glad i made yeah. the cut finally that's
0: why they had that they had space for you this time <laughs>
1: yeah makes sense uh okay this next topic i don't even know how to approach this it's i labeled it gork drama so yeah. gork as you guys know has been on the podcast before uh, I don't know if you ever talk to him, but occasionally he'll message me about something. Like I, we're on good terms. I don't. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. we're like we're good friends by any means, but uh, on good terms overall. He, I don't know if you want to call it a rant. There was basically a, when he's talking to his chat on stream at some point, mm-hmm. and he's complaining about the TI invites in some fashion. I'm gonna kind of sum up what he said, and I have not written this down, so I'm trying to go off of memory. Okay. Um, Essentially, he's, he said that Valve approached him, among with other streamers as well, offered to bring them to TI, uh, all expenses paid, hotel, all that good stuff. And they were supposed to do like some, he didn't specify what it was, like some content related thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically declined that. And he said, I would rather just cast um, one game and don't even have to pay me. Right. But Valve said no, essentially. This is just completely paraphrasing like the back and forth that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he kind of talked about, which this has been brought up before, uh, BSJ kind of went, I don't know if it was a rant, but he talked about this as well, about the whole idea of nepotism, cronyism, whatever the hell you want to call it. Actually, I looked this up again. Cronyism, do they keep changing the definition? Cronyism is more towards political stuff, apparently. Nepotism okay. can also include friends, not just family. I feel like I just looked this up six months ago and they changed it. Anyway, conspiracy theories aside, to another conspiracy okay. theory, which is nepotism of <laughs> talent invites. Um, So yeah, I guess the, I, the, the topic of discussion is do you think that streamers should be invited as talent at TI? Because I obviously have some opinions of my own, but interesting. In what capacity? To like just say like a co-caster or Like, forget, like, Gork obviously just wanted to cast one game, so that's a little different, but just in general, because I thought that was an interesting topic if like, because a lot of people agree with the streamers that they should be invited to TI, Uh and should be a part of it. Okay, so
0: first of all, with any production, I think it's completely at the discretion of the organizer who they want to hire. That's the first thing, right? It's their choice. Um, TI is a slightly different beast, because it's like the world championship and a celebration of the entire game, so you want a a wide representation of talent. Um, from different regions, from, you know, with different expertise. Uh, the talent list for TI is usually bigger than other tournaments. You have people that don't necessarily do many other events that get to do TI. For this year, for example, we have two hosts that have barely done any Dota this year, uh, Frankie and Sumichu. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Maybe it's Sumichu.
1: She did the Singapore way. major. Yeah.
0: yeah, she did one She did one major. Uh, but I think this is Frankie's first Dota event. She's done a lot of CSGO. Yeah. Uh, and then you have someone like Perion Flax, who I don't know if he has done a dota event all year, but he's like a stable for TI. Uh, he does he he's really good at what he does and he's kind of he's very unique. so uh, very cool for that broadcast as well if you want that kind of you know angle and that kind of content for it. So basically what valve does is they invite people uh, based on I would assume a couple of things. First of all, you know skill, like what are you good at? Is it something we want in our production? Then they invite them based on variety, like what kind of content are we imagining? And then obviously they also invite it based on history. Like if there's people they've worked with many years and they really enjoyed working with and they like what they did, that is how working in any industry works. If you have a good resume, it gives you a higher chance of getting good gigs. Right. And if they've only had positive experiences working with someone like PFLAX, I like mentioning him because that's usually where the community sometimes will be like, Oh, why is this guy here? He doesn't work Dota at all. He's great for the broadcast, and Valve knows him, and they know what they're going to get, and they like it. The end. Like, there isn't much more to discuss. And people are like, does he deserve it over other people? He's doing something else than they are anyway. So, like, it's like comparing apples and oranges, you know? It really is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the time what the community does. And entertainment doesn't work like that. Like, you can't just be like, oh, this person worked the most games all year, or whatever, or did this or that. It will always be about some sort of, a, like, a vision of how the tournament runs. Okay, that was the preface. When it comes to streamers, the reason I do this preface is what are their skills? Like, what's their skill set that they're going to bring to the table at TI? Uh, Is it just their reach? Is it the fan base that you, you know, um, inspire to watch? Or like, you know, they just bring over a lot of people that wouldn't watch otherwise because then there's appeal in that. Is it because they're really funny? Is it because they're really skilled at the game? Is it because this or that, right? Um, And it varies what depending on the streamer, it really varies what their strengths are, right? Like, some are really funny, some are really, really good at the game, some are a mix. Uh, and I, I think inviting streamers is completely fine, but I think you can't just be like, oh, this guy is really big in Dota, therefore he should cast mm-hmm. uh, from Valve's or from the community's perspective, because just to use Gorgas as a concrete example, he might be really good at casting, but... He has no, like, international experience of casting together with other people, right? I don't remember Gorg casting a game. He only casts on his own on his stream, right? Uh, which is yeah. a very different format and different style than what TI might be looking for. Um, but, like, I would be happy to have big streamers invited, like uh, Gorg and Bulldog, but I just don't know if just defaulting to, oh, these are the biggest streamers in Dota, therefore they should be casting at TI. I don't think that's a healthy approach but inviting them in some capacity to do something else that represents their brands and what they're good at and what the fans know them for. I think that's great. A good
1: example is Bulldog, actually, because he was invited to a couple TIs, but he did like a major or maybe even more than just a major, like the super major from Mm -hmm. whatever the hell year that was, 2018, I think. Um, Yeah, I agree, though. Like, Gork, I'm actually pretty confident he would be a really good analyst or a really good caster, but because he didn't work any actual events... I don't think you should be invited as talent. Now, if they want to invite him in another capacity as a streamer doing whatever the hell they obviously didn't want to do, then that's perfectly fine. But I think taking, like the whole idea of taking somebody's slot, right, where you're talking about PFLAX and these other people, like a lot of people that uh, the community are complaining about, they're talking about comparisons between like a play-by-play and an analyst. Like, why is this person here when this person should be there? But they're not even in the same role anyway. So like you said, apples and oranges. But like from Gork's perspective I can kind of understand like his side because um what's the best way to say this when I was <laughs> when I was his age it was actually the beginning of Dota that's what my age was is basically what his mm-hmm. is now and I remember having a similar outlook on life you know which now is like as you get older things change a lot and people getting invited and you're not getting invited you feel left out obviously um, I mean, I haven't been... He, he was Ti4, invited though, right? Right, he was invited in a different capacity, but in the invite mm-hmm. that he was wanting. Like, I was invited for TI4 Noobstream. I was n- never on Mainstream. Um, I haven't been invited to TI in 10 years, right? And at first, I took that really fucking personal. Like, I really did. I was pissed. I was so pissed, literally. I was so pissed, I created Moonduck. I got a bunch of people like you together to create a casting studio, And I made a fucking valve, We're going to broadcast. I was so angry. I made two enormous, like these big orgs or whatever you want to call them. But over time, then, you know, obviously there's this feeling of this person got invited instead of me. You feel angry with that person. But then now that I've run a bunch of tournaments, I totally understand, right? Like TI valve at the end of the day gets to pick their people. And, if they don't like some like I'm pretty convinced, even probably now there's a few people at Valve that definitely do not like me, which is why I didn't get invited in the past. But the community support this year has been like unbelievable. So there's almost to the point where you can't <laughs> can't ignore it, I guess. Um, but from like Gork's perspective, I I do understand where he's coming from to a degree. I actually I really do. But it's because his issue is a money thing. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't... like, Let's say he goes to an event and doesn't stream for that week, which or disrupts his stream in some way. That is a huge hit to his career. He's like the biggest streamer in Dota, basically. So you're giving Mm -hmm. up money. Your subs are going to hurt. People are going to not tune in as much anymore. And it takes a while to ramp that back up. So you're losing a lot by doing that. So I understand why he wouldn't go to an event. But I think if he wants to be a part of... Like being a caster or an analyst, even if it's more than one time. Like I think the one time is not that big of a deal personally, but uh, then he needs to bite the bullet and just not stream during that time, I guess. Um, but obviously, they do like streamers do contribute to the scene just in a different way. So yeah, so yeah, that's but basically I'm sure. Like
0: have. whether I'm I'm assuming now based on that that he isn't going to TI in any capacity. Like he chose to not go. Um, he's obviously going to be contributing a lot to the TI viewership regardless then, right? There's no way he doesn't stream it from home. So he's going to be watching a lot of the games he, and doing his stream like he In his video, does, right? he
1: said he might still go, actually, but just oh, as a spectator. Okay. So I don't I know. I see. Yeah, but, I would
0: assume if he goes as a spectator, he might go for like the finals weekend or something. Right. Not the whole event.
1: And one more thing. This... Uh, I feel like maybe this is a conversation with Gork I should be having, but... One more thing I thought was an interesting tidbit that I could relate to from his perspective is he, because again, I'm just paraphrasing here, but he thinks that he's burned bridges at Valve and he offended them or something because he doesn't like sucking up to people, right? And Mm -hmm. I remember, and I still do to to a degree, have this mentality where if you don't like me how I am, then too bad, right? But Mm -hmm. at certain points, you do need to, you do need to act a little differently. And that is something over the course of 10 years that I've personally learned. Um, there's, there is also a bit of a
0: balance, right? Like yes, there's a balance. You can, it's not, to me, that isn't a binary thing where it's just like, this is how I am, take it or leave it. It's like, you know, it's, you compromise sometimes just like with everything else. Like, you know, if, if I'm invited to an event, people know what they're going to get. And then if they have some requests or some demands, if it's way too out of line for what I would do, I will say no. But if it is within the realm of reason, I can do something slightly different than what I usually do. Or, you know, like, yeah, it just makes sense, right? That's how that's how it is for other people. So if you're like very, if you're very stern or stubborn, that it has to be your way or, and exactly what you sign up for or, or nothing, then that just makes it harder in general with other stuff, right, too. A lot of the time work is compromised, too, like whatever job you have. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things that's crazy about streaming to an extent is that you're self-employed and you get to decide everything, basically, mm-hmm. right, about your stream. So you don't need to compromise, which is very special uh, about this. But as soon as other people are involved and it's like a bigger production or a bigger event or a workplace or whatever, then sometimes you can't just be like, this is how I am. Take it or leave it. Uh, maybe you need to, you know, bend 10%. And I understand like, again, we're, we're speculating a little bit here because we are like paraphrasing and don't know everything. Obviously we only know what he said, but like, if you're invited to do content in some capacity, you need to decide for yourself. What's the bigger deal. Is it to go to TI and work there and get your name on TI, or is it that you specifically only want to cast, right? That's the example here that mm. if the content that they were being asked to do was completely out of line and something he really doesn't like the idea of, then I completely respect him for saying no. Because I think a lot of people would be like, I would do anything to go to TI, mm. um, and it's fair. If if you don't like what options you're given or the idea, then turning it down is completely valid. Especially when you have a great alternative, like you know, Gorb just being at home <laughs> is a great alternative for him. Um, but it, it again, it depends how far it's stretched, right? Um, whether I agree with it or <laughs> whether I agree with it or not. Um, but yeah, it's both good and bad.
1: Yep, I agree. Hope Hopefully he goes to TI anyway. Uh, yep. I'd like to meet him in person. Okay, next thing on the list, Cinderman. we have new features that are in the Da-da-da. game of Dota 2. With that uh, little talent announcement, they came out with a bunch of stuff as well. They came out with a compendium, which includes player card fantasy stuff, which I guess there's not really much to talk about. Basically the same as every other year. Although some of it goes to the team now. The, when he purchased packs, yep. so and I believe the huh. team supporter is packs very are high now 50% very off. high for Dota, fifty percent off. What fifty percent? Yeah, yeah, that's high.
0: Workshop is like,
1: is it twenty five? Something like that. Yep, it sure yep. is. Uh, but also with the update was spectator HUD changes, which uh, so there was some status indicators. So if somebody has an Aegis, it shows at the top for spectators. Same with smokes, things mm-hmm. that. Lay Earth has been doing for quite a while. Um, and then they yoinked it. And they yoinked it, which they've done before. The thing, like, I think most people don't care if Valve takes stuff from them uh, because it's kind of like a flattering thing, but I feel like it's common courtesy to just say thank you or to give them a shout-out or something like via Lay Earth or whatever the case may be. I feel like that is a very simple and... Nice thing to do. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. It's really weird. But yeah. They've done this for 10 years. So I'm I would be surprised if they did it, but it's still, you know, it's good to say that they should be fucking doing it. Um so it shows the top bar for smoked heroes, Aegis and Cheese. And in the inventory, BKB duration, which I want to talk about for a second, Aegis timer, shared tango timer, hmm. which has been added for both players and spectators. So the big change is Aegis. Everybody in that's playing in the game can see the timer now if they click on the hero that with the ages. If they click on the hero, yeah, which is cool. This is something I've been asking for for years. If you remember Cinder, so a very small quality remember, of life thing. I know nobody like ever something does. Something you would have asked for. That's right, and they finally fucking do it, which is great. Now the BKB duration, I had to look at this in game to really understand what it meant because the first thought was it's the same as Lay Earth, right, where. Hmm. Let's say somebody's BKB is in their inventory and it's down to seven seconds. That means it has a little number seven by it. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it actually does? I haven't really thought about it. I've played plenty of games and it's just felt intuitive, but maybe I was so wrong. So this is what it does, okay? Uh-huh. So you know when you hit BKB and it shows the cooldown? Yeah. Underneath it is a number that counts down. Okay. Do you think that's weird? I think that's the sloppiest integration I've ever seen Valve do for something like this. So you mean the the
0: placement of the number is sloppy?
1: The placement, the fact that it's on the item is really weird. And the fact that it exists in that way is also really weird. It's almost not even Why is it
0: weird that the number is on the BKB, but not that it's on the Aegis?
1: Well, the Aegis is just a general timer. It helps you keep track of stuff. BKB, I mean, that's what the status icons are for. There's nothing on the status icon.
0: Right. I guess for consistency, now that they've changed disc, I think it should show that too. Or it's just weird, right? Like, you have these items that scale in cooldown and dur- or duration, right? But you're only showing it on one of them. Like, if the idea of this is that you make the information available to all players without having to mouse over and check, but that it's just immediately visible, you should also do it for the disk, right? Then it should show... What level "quote unquote" the disc is, um, if it does it for the BKB, I think. But like, just conceptually, I don't really mind this. I think the the biggest thing here is the ages thing, because with BKB, literally the only change here is mouse over, right? In the past, you could always see the duration of BKB by just mousing over enemies. Um, there BKB now you can see it without doing that. so It's just like a little bit of a difference, but the ages timer is really big because now, in the past, everyone right, can would you have say to like, again time it
1: BKB. Say it again
0: so in the past for bkb if you moused over it in the player's inventory it would yeah. show the duration of the bkb like how many times it had been used you have been able oh, to ping bkb right. for years right or yeah however long that's been in the game that it it fades in duration um but with Aegis, in the past you couldn't like ping it you could just say this player has ages not this player has ages for another two minutes right, right, and right. 30 seconds Um, So that's the big change, is that it was a liability that supports primarily in pro games and in pub games would have to time the Aegis and always like talk about it. And I still think you take the timer, because if the enemy team is in fog and you can't see the Aegis, you need to have a good idea of when it runs out. But -hmm. it's still like, for more casual levels of play, I think this is just a nice overall change. Makes it easier to keep track of. Also, if it's in your own team, just coordinating plays and knowing what to expect.
1: Slowly but surely, Cinderin. So... Slowly but surely that hmm. the artificial ceiling of some of these mechanics in the game are being removed. You it think they're gonna been, remove orb walking. It has been Ever. such a slow fucking three to four year process. Could they not yeah. have just done it like a band-aid? I guess people just complain. The fact that they're doing it so slowly, nobody's complaining. All That's of these things smart. that have been added, I have talked yeah. about and people, <competitors> and people are no, And now they're doing it, but very yeah, but they're slowly. They're doing it
0: slowly. Yes, which is important because if you did all of this in one patch, people would be like, hashtag not my Dota. You know, I. But just one. It little really thing at a time angers, time angers every me. half year.
1: It um, angers me that nobody is noticing. The- <laughs> Am I fucking crazy? This is all shit that's been suggested that people hated. I love it.
0: Anyway, it, what do you think I, about the broadcasting stuff? So I have my opinion about the art style, basically. Uh, well, I you mean, what you're talking about the 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 UI, the, the redesign of the spectating HUD, right?
1: Yeah. So I think I think it looks really good. Most people, from what I've seen, do not like it. I think it looks very good, though.
0: I don't like the numbers being in italics, or is it? You don't italics? like the numbers and being
1: italics, okay. Italics, you said. I didn't italics, even notice yeah. that they were.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think overall the design, I think trying to be more slick is fine, but I think it looks worse and is a bit harder to read. Um mm-hmm. and as far as the the replay functionality where we used to have the replay bar in the bottom, now we have this like smaller slider top right. Um I will say my experience from just testing it is that the replay system runs smoother. I think it's faster to skip ahead with less issues, so I think they've also improved it so it doesn't like lag or crash as much, which is really nice, obviously. Um, but yeah, i I don't know if this is like strictly better. I think some things are like the way it's presented, I don't know if I like it as much as the old way of, but usually that's how it is with software, right? Every time there's a change to layout, people don't like it, and then they get used to it. It's the same every fucking time. Mm. Um, but I, if this performance thing is a part of it, I think all of the loss, or whatever you want to call it, is worth it for the fact that replays run better. Uh, it could just be luck that it worked well when I was testing it compared to in the past, uh, but it seemed to run really smoothly when I tried it
1: yesterday. Yeah, in our next segment, we'll, so. we'll talk a bit more about the <clears throat> replay system, but in terms of the UI, I... Like I said, I've only heard complaints. I think it looks more modern. It looks better. Mm-hmm. It's funny that I actually like it and you hate it. It's always got to be one. Hate or the is other. a big word. You absolutely hate it. You wish they burned it I, to the ground. You think I the am. Valve employee that made it should be fired and just delete the game, destroyed. Um, but yeah, I thought it looked outdated before. I remember talk or not talking about this, but thinking it. I guess that mm-hmm. everything in that UI, of the spectator, just looked a bit outdated. It wasn't like horrible by any means, but this me looks very good um okay so with that let's go on to our sap segment they're our beautiful partner uh they're an enterprise software company that's bringing their expertise via analytics in esports and i have a question for you you have a question for me neither of us have any points i'm not sure if sap is happy with us being so incompetent at answering the question (laughs) Uh, I'll go first, okay?
0: Uh, is it about Ags, Shannon, by chance?
1: Uh, Well, you can guess it's it Ags or Shard. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, This time it's about Shard. Incorrect, it's Ags. Oh. In this patch, oh. which hero has the highest percentage buy rate for an Aghanim Scepter with at least 50 games played? Okay. Okay, this is good, yep. Is it A, Gyrocopter? Is it B, Zeus? Is it C, Brewmaster, or is it D, Vengeful Spirit? Wow. Well, you are definitely giving some good heroes. Uh,
0: okay, I'm trying to think. So at least
1: 50 games played. 50 games played, and who has the highest percentage buy rate? Okay. So not picking it up can on the I, Can I
0: ask an additional question? Are okay. there any of the heroes listed out of those four that do not have 50 games played? You don't have to say which.
1: Oh, I don't have the list up on me, but yeah, there were. Okay.
0: Alright, so who'd you say? Gyro, Zeus, Venge, and Brew.
1: Yes. God,
0: all of those acts are so nutty. Um You just gotta do a
1: one out of four. Eventually you'll be right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. So the thing is I'm I'm using logic, Shannon. I know it's alien to you, but
1: Yeah, that's um, that's not how you do it.
0: Gyro has been played as support in some games, and that will never buy ax. Okay. Venge has been played support in some games and usually can't afford it. Brewmaster has almost only been played as core and really wants Ags. And same with Zeus. But I don't know if Zeus has been played 50 games. Because he would probably be my pick. I'm going to go with my gut, Shannon. It's Zeus. He's had 50 games. Whew. He's number one.
1: Congratulations, Cinderin. Yes. It was I'm Brewmaster. I yes. So I
0: knew it. I knew it was a bait. <laughs> I knew it. But my reason is so- good.
1: I don't have the amount of games played, but they were all fifty actually, all these heroes. Okay. Uh Gyro had seventy seven percent. Zeus seventy five percent. Oh, he's Venge, less than that. Venge had seventy nine percent with two hundred eighteen games played, and then Brew, who has eighty seven games, is eighty one point three one percent. So it is massive.
0: a very good axe.
1: Zero points to Cinderin. Okay, go all ahead. Right.
0: Yeah, so are we ever gonna, like, how many weeks are we running this far? Are we gonna end on zero
1: points with the score? It'll be impressive. Is? It'll be impressive.
0: Oh, that would be quite the accomplishment. All right. Um, across all the games that are logged in SAP, which hero has the highest total creep damage? Is it A, Anti Mage, B, Ember Spirit, C, Templar Assassin, or D,
1: Nature's Prophet? Oh, this is tricky. Are they all considerably high or did you bait me? Hmm? That is not part of the question. Alright, I'm I'm gonna s I'm gonna delete Fuck, I'm already probably getting this wrong. I'm deleting Ember and TA from the list. Anti mage only hits creeps. Wait, did you say creeps? Does it include neutrals? Total
0: highest total creep damage. This is not an average. This is just total damage <laughs> done to creeps. So it also matters how many games the heroes have been played, right?
1: Right. Oh, wait for this is for what patch? This patch or overall? Overall. Overall. Yeah. Creep damage. I mean, anti mage has been played quite a bit overall. I would say. God, nature's profit is very tempting. Anti mage.
0: Yes, it was indeed Ember
1: Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so <laughs> How can I not get one right? All right. <clears throat> Ember Spirit,
0: really. I'll just look up again. I want to see, because uh, I think <laughs> the thing that's really interesting about this, I think Ember is the only one of these that's in the top five. Just that
1: would have been my fourth choice, literally. That would have been my fourth.
0: No, T.A. is in top four. T.A. is fourth. Ember is number one. T.A. is fourth. Furion is seventh. And Anti-Mage, which was your guess, is at a whopping 33rd chance. <laughs> so That wasn't that bad. It's in the top third of heroes, uh, roughly. Well,
1: it happens sometimes, uh, you know. It happens. I guess Ember's just right. been picked so much more. That has to be it. The right? other
0: two heroes in the top three are Puck, who's almost as high as Ember, and then Juggernaut, which was really surprising to me. But mm. I guess so.
1: All right. Well, that's great. Uh, so 0-0, zero, zero the... To- it's a riveting tale uh, who who will break the tie we'll never know all right and on to our community question from the sap segment from w Lack- Lackinson, who asks discarding io what hero made the largest heal which hero had the largest healing in a single game essentially so I looked this up, Cinderin. Oh my god, I would have never guessed First this. First of all, I, IO, if, even so if you sense. don't discard it, IO is 10th. So this is the <laughs> most healing in one game, right? So yeah. IO is 10th with 46,000, okay? Second right, let's place... Just
0: ch- le- before you go there, I just want to test here. Let's see if anyone in chat...
1: Watching live right now. There is no way anyone's gonna get this. If
0: anyone anyone members the times with this hero as the number one healer.
1: All right, so number three. Let's just do the top three in reverse order, okay? And you tell me if anybody gets it right. Number three is Phoenix with fifty nine thousand four hundred fifty eight in one game. Number two, which isn't surprising, is Winter Wyvern with 62,000. That must be a 000. recent game, Yeah, 62,016. And then number one is Lycan with 88,850. <laughs> Feral Impulse? Was it the HP regen? Is that... What am I... I think it was the old Howl, right? Was it
0: Howl? That gave all allies health temporarily And then that was also Mm. counted as a heal.
1: That's right. I think.
0: The old Lycan Howl. I totally forgot that this was in the game. That was so busted when it came out, that heal. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a nutty stat. It makes sense.
1: uh, If you guys want us to answer your question, uh, think of something cool and leave it in the comments with the hashtag SAP Esports. We'll take it for next week and give you a shout out. All right. Uh, and if you want to learn more about SAP, check out the link in the description. All right. So next topic, Cinderin, which we kind of alluded to is the replay system, which is having some mm-hmm. issues. Uh, essentially there's no timers like visual timers at all. It's just a bar, right? A status yeah. bar. Uh, you can't bind slash select the speed without using a dropdown, which maybe not, doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but for people that are going through replays constantly for like content on YouTube, it's a huge deal. Um, And a bunch of binds were all fucked up. Apparently, I don't know if they fixed that yet. And basically, the the annoyance from their perspective, which I can understand, because again, like back in the day, I had to go through a lot of replays for fails and top ten. The fact that Valve didn't even like, you would think that if you're trying to improve a system, you talk to people that use it a lot.
0: Now, let me tell you something (laughs) about politics, Shannon. Let me tell you something about politics. If there's anything people in power and who have the ability to make change love to do it's to make change without talking to the people that it affects and know about it the most okay yes, so that true. that is that is how all education policies work for example it's people that are not teachers that are making decisions for the teachers right um true so no but for real though i agree uh i think some of this functionality that's lost i think especially the timers being gone is just like replays are all about time right that's what you'd use it for is to go to a specific spot in time and find something the fact that that isn't shown is super counterintuitive to me um as far as the binds go that's more of a, like a specialty thing where you could understand okay maybe they would have overlooked that that's something that only people that really use replays a lot use but yeah when you change a system like this it's generally a really good idea to talk to for example youtube content creators that do a lot of replay digging to make segments or make bits, Um, they should have a very good idea of what's important. And then obviously you just keep in mind at the same time that the average user is not the YouTube video creator, but the average user should definitely want to see what time it is in the game, right? So that just seems like a blunder. I think it's going to get fixed, honestly. Um, It's so far out that it's not there that (laughs) that can't possibly not be added
1: again. Very strange. So, so yeah. I, I do feel bad because I, again, I remember in the old days when, I, oh my God, you know what actually ruined me <laughs> was when they. Taco Bell? Well, that too, but they mm-hmm. added the expiration to replays where they auto delete. Oh boy. So essentially, because yeah. like, we would get thousands of submissions back in the day, and yeah. we had to create a custom website to. Like, when somebody sends it, it automatically downloads it, and we have to store it on our cloud servers. Like, it fucked everything up. Anyway, that's...
0: There was the a patch today, terms. Shannon, apparently. I'm reading in chat right now. There was a patch today, apparently, that should fix this. The but we haven't, te- we haven't tested the replays right before we went live. I tested them before the patch, I think, last night. So they might have fixed this already, which would be great. Um, okay. Well, great me. job, I'll just go, I'll go and test it right
1: now. Let's see. Okay, it's good. I'll talk about the next topic, which is the CSGO Riptide event. Everybody, are you excited to talk about some Counter-Strike Global Naga Siren? Offensive. So this new update comes out with, uh, well, what's actually worth talking about? It's literally one thing, which is Riot Shields. <laughs> so for those Yay, that don't know, everybody wanted
0: in CS. There was a,
1: uh, back in the day, there was a, A Counter-Strike version called Condition Zero, and it came with a riot shield, which you could purchase. Uh, I forget how much it was, but maybe... Did you purchase it? I don't even remember anymore. Probably.
0: Okay, I can't find the timer in the replay, so I don't know if this is fixed. They didn't fix it then.
1: But you could use a a pistol with a riot shield, and it was super, super broken to the point where people would stop using assault rifles, and you just use the riot shield with a pistol. And they ported it to source counter-strike source and people hated it so much that within a short amount of time they deleted them from the game but they're back now but the caveat Cinderin, is i actually don't know if you can use a gun because based on the little gif that they show it doesn't show anything with that uh and it's only available and just smack people with it maybe it's only available to use on hostage rescue maps so okay yeah
0: God, imagine the outrage in CSGO if it got added to competitive. Holy yeah. shit, that would be so funny. Do it, Valve. Do and it, past
1: that, I don't think there's anything worth talking about. Uh, how much time do we have? 45? 45... I like that
0: you made a bullet point. Still no 120 tick.
1: Yeah, I so... <laughs> can I go on a rant? Do you mind? Yeah. If I go on By a all rant? means, go Because People ask me a lot about Counter-Strike. If I, like, if, if I play CSGO, what my rank is. Mm-hmm. and the truth is, truth is i don't play it anymore i got like the third highest rank early on i don't know how good that was one of the eagles uh i don't so the the most common question about counter strike with me is why don't you like it why don't you like CS:GO? because as you know i played every variation of counter strike not including condition zero i played before dota 2 i had played for 11 years cindarin mm-hmm. i think a little bit before Dota 2, I probably played more counter strike. I'm trying to think of a, a realistic thing here. Probably played more Counter-Strike than. Let's let's put a number on here. There might be like a thousand people in the entire world that have played more Counter-Strike than me. That's I could be wrong, but that's how I feel at that time. Okay, I played a shit ton. That's I a played, lot. I played competitive in source, only got to main. Uh, and then as we've talked about, I was quote unquote professional player early on. I played against and shat on, by the way, people like K-Sharp, Bullseye, uh, played against Rambo, who's a really nice guy. Basically, the iteration of, it was called CK3, it was the, ended up becoming Team 3D. Anyway, getting oh, off on my, my tangent, you, you've name. definitely heard of them. Uh, so the reason I don't like CSGO is a couple things. First of all, the only I think the only main reason that it's actually popular is because they've combined two communities. You had 1.6 and you had Source. A lot of people didn't switch to Source because it was really bad for like a year and a half. Okay, They didn't have the hitboxes. The hitboxes were all fucked up basically for like a year and a half. But you have two communities. So you make a new Counter-Strike that I think is actually worse than both. But the reason it's successful is because you have an actual matchmaking system. This is something people don't realize. You didn't actually have matchmaking in any of those right. games. Like, it, matchmaking wasn't the normal thing in games in general before this time. In addition, you come out with these crates and bedding and all this stuff, which amplifies the amount of attention that your game has. The game itself, I find to be just grossly worse than both of them, by far. And the reasons for that, which that we'll talk about last, that little bullet point that you talked about, I think uh, early on, I thought the design of the like the pistol rounds, they tried to make it too easy mode. I don't know how much they've changed with that. But the biggest thing for me is maps. Maps. Um, They have fucked up so hard on map creation in CSGO. It makes me sick to my stomach being a competitive player of the past. So you had maps... Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent for people that have literally no idea what Counter-Strike is, but uh, very passionate about this because, again, I played so many years of Counter-Strike. I dedicated my entire life before Dota 2 came out uh, that it makes me really angry what they've done with the game. But the maps... It's just mind-fucking-boggling how poor the decision-making is from Valve working on CSGO, that dev team. They have remade the same terrible maps over and over and over again. Why would you remake Cobble? That map was always shit. Why has Nuke been remade four <laughs> times? Even when that, because back in the day, there was only so many maps you could play competitively in Source right. 1.6. Nuke was one of them. Everybody thought it was a piece of shit map. They have remade it four times. Guess what? Still dog shit. The only uh, map that I think is good now is Overpass, like good as in like a third-party map, and that was made by somebody else. Same with Cash, that was made by Volcano, who now works for Valorant.
0: How much did they redesign Dust Two, Inferno, and what else was popular in one point six for Pro? Did, did they ever make a version that's similar to CPL Mill? Or... So, uh,
1: yeah, I was going to talk about it. So Dust Two, there a Tuscan or something as well? Exactly. So, wow, you're really good. That's actually impressive, cinder yeah. So they they had CPL Strike, which they remade into Mirage. They did a good job mm-hmm. with that. That's somebody else's okay. map. But basically, okay. the idea is you're looking at old-school Counter-Strike, competitive Counter-Strike. You have like literally a, over a decade's worth of material to see what maps should be ported. You have Mill, mm-hmm. which was remade in source to Tuscan, which is like a better version of Mill. Never been brought to fucking CSGO for some reason. You have Season, which is, in my opinion, the most competitive map in any Counter-Strike iteration in the history. They came out with it in like a, as a community map, and they just vetoed it for some reason best fucking map of all time. You have Contra, old school Contra. Uh what am I missing? There's a couple other maps. But instead they remake Cobble, they remake fucking Nuke, they remake all these garbage ass maps. Why? And they it, remake Aztec and make that good? Aztec was always garbage as well. Yeah, it's it was it was better
0: than Nuke. It in was many be-
1: ways. Eh
0: I know it wasn't played at the pro level as much as Nuke, it but I thought the map was more fun.
1: I know, I agree. Yeah, I used to pub on on Aztec all the time. Nobody pubs on Nuke because <laughs> that the map is yeah, miserable because it's Nuke. I remember playing an official match on LAN where we lost on uh on T side 14 to 1, okay? Mm-hmm. And we came back and won 15-0 and it wasn't that crazy because that map's fucking <laughs> awful. <Okay. laughs> nuke was so imbalanced. So bad. So that's the biggest reason I don't like CSGO. But the second is, which is unforgivable, the 120 tick thing. The fact that the servers are not 100... The fact that you have to purchase a third-party software to play in a 120 tick environment is fucking embarrassing. And I believe the reason that they gave that they didn't support it anymore, like from a public perspective, like their public matchmaking, is obviously the cost, which I know. That's definitely true. It costs more. But also that... I forget what the figure was. Let's just say a minority, like 20% of players would notice the difference only. My argument would be is that those 20% are probably the most hardcore of your audience anyway. In addition to that, you have a game like Valorant that is directly competing with you that advertises that they've done this and you still don't put fucking 120 tick servers. How is that possible? The servers feel like shit. You have to play... On custom servers or fucking ESCA or some shit. It's embarrassing. Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting to think about because I've I've played.
0: A, I mean, relative to you, a small amount of Counter Strike, right? Um, especially CS:GO. I think because I I've played. What did I play? I played 1.6 and I played Condition Zero, and I played maybe a little bit of 1.5. I don't know. 1.6 was after Steam, right? It came out in the same like. Bulk. same patch yeah yeah then maybe i've only played 1.6 maybe i never even played 1.5 that's why i only have a 6
1: digit steam id cuz i waited a week oh and i remember I see. vividly <laughs> i steam was the 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 joke was it's a steaming pile it was so bad back then holy shit original
0: steam was not very good um but yeah i i played a good amount 1.6 and i i feel like honestly i kind of agree i think 1.6 was probably better in terms of how it played right like the maps the flow but it's also a bit rose tinted glasses of being younger and thinking back it is
1: there's a certain Um, level of bias and i would argue source was just as good as 1.6 in the later iterations after they fixed all the Mm -hmm. bullshit but the problem is like the perception it's like the artifact thing perception's already there a lot of that community is just never going to go to source at that point but the later iterate like the later years were extremely extremely good yeah. Uh, but csgo
0: I, I think something that you also can't underestimate is like just something like the graphics right the game looks more appealing to casual players that or wh- whether you're casual or hardcore doesn't really matter like people have different preferences csgo looks better right it looks more polished uh the graphics are just way more detailed and everything but from strictly a gameplay perspective i think i agree i don't think it plays better than 1.6 did um the, the just the feel is different. Uh, And I think I liked it more, the old one. But that is obviously a really big part of selling a game at any point, really. It's always been uh, something that some people care about a lot, some people care about less. But it's a big factor, no matter how you look at it, is how appealing is it to look at the graphics. And that's obviously something that I think the graphics of CSGO, I actually think they did a really good job with finding a way to polish counter-strike graphics but still keep it counter-strike right because you could imagine they could have made it more in the direction of something like call of duty mm-hmm. and i think that art style doesn't fit counter-strike as well as what csgo did so i actually think they did a good job on that but yeah apart from that gameplay server rates still could definitely be improved and the maps like you said they did release a patch i think this was part of this riptide event i think they made one change to dust 2 that's being celebrated which is you can't yeah. peak mid anymore as T. Uh, that's weird a lot of people think is like kind of integral to the history of the map and others just thought it was stupid that you could even do that so i you know what i don't know what you think there
1: yeah that's actually i didn't even think about that but yeah it that changes the map a lot because uh i was a huge opper so opping down mid was very exciting Mm -hmm. like either you start out with a pick or you tag them through the door or you die it's just always like Mm -hmm. it's almost like a roulette type shit right russian roulette right I think it's better that it's not there, actually. Like, just, I haven't played, like, again, I don't play fucking CSGO anymore because of the long rant that I just had, but uh, the idea as a CT that it's so difficult to get to your B site without getting hit right. or killed is a little ridiculous,
0: for sure. And the fact that T gets info, right?
1: Yeah. Like, you Which basically have to expend actually, yeah. a smoke just to give vision, and you might still get killed randomly through the fucking door. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it sounds like it's for the best, but who knows? But yeah, that's my CSGO rant. Uh, But yeah. All right, next thing on the list, which I am very excited about, is Valorant Sindarin. My good, what a great game. Goodness gracious. So their big tournament, which uh, was the, what do they actually call this? The Stage 3 Masters in Berlin. So their previous one was in Iceland, which if you guys remember, Team Sentinels won every single map. They literally won the entire tournament without losing one map. This time, though, even though they were the favorites, they place in the five to eighth range. So they actually lose a lot. Of, like I thought they'd be top three minimum, but that's not the case. Instead, in fourth place was G two, so that's EU. Hundred Thieves was third place, that's NA. So that's like the old school, like older Did they play players. A
0: third place game. No, they were
1: just oh, third no, I'm fourth sorry. Fourth. Yeah, they're both okay. sorry. They're both third, fourth. Yeah, yeah good call. Second place was Team Envy, which is also NA, if I'm not mistaken. Am I crazy? That's two uh, NA teams above Sentinels. And then first place was Gambit, yeah, which 3-0'd in the finals. So they absolutely shot on everybody. And that's EU, if I'm not mistaken. Russian. I think the, Russian team. are they actually Russian? Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I just checked. Um, the fact that, yeah, it's crazy because Sentinels, like I said, they were untouchable. And they basically like boosted the rest of the NA scene. And now you get a second slash third place other two, right? It's very strange, but it's good to see a lot of uh, back and forth, I guess. I didn't get to watch a ton of this tournament, but uh, I do find Valorant a lot of fun, Cinderin, as you know.
0: It's interesting for me to see. I'm just looking at the broadcast talent for this, right? Mm-hmm. And you would imagine between Valorant and Counter-Strike, there'd be like a lot of overlap between the type of like analysts, commentators, hosts, et cetera, because, you know, the games are like, Related And when Valorant came out, some broadcast talent were branching out. But mm. for the most part, the, the only talent I recognize by name here, there's a couple. So there's Pansy, who I know cast a lot of Counter-Strike. Yeah. Uh, and she's doing Valorant, that's, that's known. Then there's Rivington, who used to cast be one of the biggest casters for League of Legends, I think, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Correct. Uh, then there's Sean Garris, who used to be a pro player in Counter-Strike. Yeah. who has become talent recently and also does Valorant. But the biggest overlap is among the observers, actually. There's Prius and Sapphire, who are like two of the biggest observers in Counter-Strike. So I find that interesting, that among the broadcast talent, the biggest overlap, easily, between the two games, is on the spectator side. That yeah. is pretty interesting. And so I don't know Sapphire... if that's because it's like a very... What's, what's it called? Um, uh, I don't know if it's because the pool of people that perform this job is very small... Or because their skill set is just extremely transferable, and they're very, very good at it. Uh, but I found that interesting when I looked at this list. Yeah, and keep in right, mind Sapphire.
1: Sapphire is like I guess the most known observer in Valorant, and she's I think she's married. I want to say to Volcano, who, like I said, is the guy that made Cash, the map for CS:GO. He used mm. to play professional. He was actually on CK or on Team 3D, I believe. Uh, but now oh. is the map maker for. Um, wait, am I wrong about that? No, I think that's right. Now he's the I'm map maker. i I don't know anything about him. He's the map maker for Valorant, so oh. that's the connection there. They got uh, the
0: guy who made cash. Well, that's a good map.
1: It, yep, that it is a good map. Uh, okay. Oh, one more thing about Valorant Syndrome. So they came out with a new map for pubbing, which they just added to competitive recently. It's called Fracture, okay? I have to say, after that long-ass rant about how bad maps are in Counter-Strike... This it might be the coolest map I have ever played for any rendition of Counter-Strike or Valorant. It is so Fracture. unique. So think of it this way. Wait, let's so which game did this come out in? Valorant. Okay, got it. I have a link in the, the thing that shows what it looks like. So essentially, let's say you're the attackers, Okay. or the terrorists, whatever I'm going to call them. You have a little section, a very small section that you can spawn in because of the barriers, right? But there's this long-ass section, if you go forward, it's, you know, the zip lines? It's a really, really long zip line that you can't control. You just hit it, and you zip across to the other side of the map where there's another little section with barriers. And then on each side is one of the sites, A and B. So what you can do as the attacking side is literally come from behind and the front of a site, if you want. And... At first, I'm like, "Oh, that sounds really weird and very attack side heavy. I played it. It's fucking incredible. This is the best map ever. Like, the, the CT side, the defenders, they have a lot to maneuver in the middle section. That's kind of their area. But if anybody is into Valorant or even Counter-Strike, I would recommend trying this map out. It is super unique uh, and extremely well made, and it's really fun. I was Probably made by the guy really who made impressed. Cash. Probably, I think he makes all the maps. If I'm not mistaken, mm. I could be wrong. Um, Hope he gets a raise. Icebox wasn't so good though, so it evens out maybe. But yeah. <laughs> all right. Final thing on the list is something I know nothing about. I know you're a big Ooh. fan, Cinderin. But apparently, yeah, I love Pokemon. Pokemon. They're coming out with the Pokemon trading card game for your phone. So they are going absolute ham on this franchise you have obviously the stuff that you had on mobile for a while now right uh you have the dota what is that fucking dota thing called pokemon unite is that what it's called uh yes i think so and now you haven't played that i feel like that fad died out
0: pretty quickly am i wrong I don't know. My,
1: my girlfriend plays it on the love sack next to me all the time. It's really annoying to, may, to listen maybe to. Maybe it's still
0: active. I remember what, right when it came out, it got streamed quite a bit, and I feel like you need to scroll down pretty far to find it on Twitch now. Uh, let me see if I can even find it on the front page. Pokemon I, Unite. Okay, 4.1k viewers.
1: It's not really a streaming game.
0: The biggest Pokemon Unite stream right now has 400 viewers. In the first week or weeks, it was thousands. So, I think... Yeah, fair to say the hype has died down a little bit. That doesn't mean it's a bad game by any means, but um, I thought maybe I was expecting it to still do better than this.
1: Yeah, I mean... Not on Twitch. This is just one person, but Nikki was saying that you basically kill the Roche equivalent in that game you just win every game. Very imbalanced.
0: That sounds like really bad design. Well, who knows. But anyway... Not the guy who made Cash, who made uh,
1: Pokemon. That's true. Valorant. Uh, Maybe they should hire Volcano for sure. Mm. So... Is this something you would try? The uh, CCG. So
0: first, first, what I thought when I read this, TCG, is that there used yeah. to be a there used to be a game for the Pokemon or for what was it called the um, the Game Boy Color? I think it came out for uh, the Pokemon Trading Card Game. I loved playing that on the Game Boy. Um, it was really really fun, but that was single player. Um, it was just a campaign where you would like find. You would battle other trainers and then you would get cards and you would literally it would kind of be like playing Pokemon as an RPG just that it was with the card game instead of the Pokemon themselves, which might sound really lame, but I actually really liked that game it was very like it was fun and strategic um, and it was cool to get new cards. Uh, I thought it was going to be something like that, but I think what this is is um uh just based on watching the very short trailer or teaser sneak peek, whatever this is, that this is with all of the updated cards. So I think this is with the entire library of Pokemon cards and that it is... I don't know if how you like collect and unlock them. Assuming it's a mobile game with Pokemon trading cards, it's probably something like microtransactions. You can buy card packs and then mm-hmm. you try to get the cool cards and then maybe you can, I guess you can battle your friends or maybe there's a campaign integration. Um, so... If this was a remake or a redesign of the old game, I would 100% play it. Uh, with this, I'm not so sure because I kind of, you know, I have my expectations of what kind of gameplay this is going to be. Like buy packs, hope you get lucky, get some good cards, and then kind of pay to win, you know? Right. Um, it would be cool if it was pay to play and then it's about grinding to collect and find rare cards and build your deck over time by beating other players in daily quests or duels or playing a, a story. Um, but I don't think that's what this is. Um,
1: but I guess we'll see. I, Nothing this is, is pay to play. Right. Only artifact. Artifacts set the tone for the rest of the industry. Nothing will be pay to that's play. That's not true, Shannon. Unless there it's Battlefield that, that comes out that every year. there well, are games that are paid to play. So think of Battlefield and Call of Duty as literal drugs. Okay, let's make this analogy. They've already got. <laughs> They've already got their audience. So, I mean, So The fact that people are buying these games every two fucking years when they're literally not different at all, other than the, the Battle Royale thing for Call of Duty, I can understand that one, but you're coming out with the same fucking game every two years, you're just wrapping some skin, blah, 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 and they pay you another $60. And then Hades was pay-to-play. Well, indie games don't count. That's a little different. Okay, Multi- so they have to be... Okay, Multiplayer Dark Souls. Multiplayer games are generally Dark Souls free-to-play. Is Dark Souls came out before Artifact. I'm saying after Artifact, it set the tone. Dark Souls 3. Did that come out before Artifact? Again. Okay. Uh, it, the upcoming one, Elden Ring. All right, we're done with this conversation. I don't okay. like being wrong. No. Obviously, I was exaggerating. Oh, oh, yeah, fuck you for not watching The Matrix. That's, I did watch it. It's going to forever be when I was 12 in my brain. It was good, I think.
0: I don't really remember. It was probably
1: good. All right, you want to do this was first question? Maybe I was 10. All right, let's get uh, on to the Patreon mailbag questions. Read it out, Cinderin.
0: Okay. Question for Suns fan. Oh, from, lovely. Then I don't need from, to have an opinion. From FH Andre. Oh, good old Andre. Recently, Veritasium released a video on YouTube on self driving cars, a service provided by Waymo. He recorded this in Phoenix. For details, you can watch it in this link. The question for you is whether you have heard of the service and whether you have tried it. If yes, how was your experience? If no, would you try it? Why or why not?
1: So we and can option do number
0: three this is not part of this, obviously. Shannon, you have ne- never heard of this, and uh, you just play Valorant. Which one of the three is it?
1: cinder unlike you, yeah. I'm a little bit more cultured, believe it or not. Okay. okay? I have heard of this, and I've seen them I'm cultured, actually... i
0: have a self-driving car.
1: I've seen these things driving around. Like, at first I didn't... Like, this was a couple years ago at this point. I saw it, and I'm like, where's the driver? <laughs> what the fuck? It was, like, so disorder Like, it's so weird to see a car without a driver. Right. And then I looked it up, and it's like, oh, okay, so they're just self-driving cars, and they're just testing them out or something. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely try it. I don't know if I would 100% trust it yet. But the, the thing is, like, especially on the there's west a manual coast, override, right? I don't know. The technically in the west, like on the west coast, especially Arizona, everything is in a grid. Like everything, there's no like circular. Like there's no weird shit. Everything, mm-hmm. like if you look at it above. The streets, all of its grid format. I feel pretty comfortable in Arizona, like doing having right. a self driving. But if we're talking about going on like a mountain, like with sharp turns or windy ass shit, then maybe not. I'm not ready for that. I don't think. What about you?
0: Well, the thing about self driving cars is that it's an algorithm that trains, right? So yes. if they don't train it against those environments because there's far and few in between and like, it's difficult to emulate it, then I agree. Um, well, it's I not just about that, but, like, there's always the idea speaking, of something
1: blocking, like, I know there's a bunch of cameras, but what if, like, there's a weather, like, sudden weather effect right. that ruins yeah. the algorithm or whatever the fuck. The cameras are all screwed I, up. I
0: understand. I, I think, theoretically speaking, the terrain doesn't matter if the algorithm has trained enough against all of it, but I just feel like right now I'd probably be cautious with something like that because has it trained enough? And like you said possible tech issues basically mm-hmm. uh, but yeah driving in a self-driving car in like very navigable and very mapped out streets i think could be a really fun experience and i would feel i would honestly feel safe as safe as driving with a driver because i trust technology right
1: um you are technology so, so yeah i would understand that yeah. you are the matrix so. <laughs> uh yeah do you like so. saying visa I, v what yeah i know you wouldn't get that Okay. It's, a, it's a saying
0: I know, but no, I don't use that ever. Um,
1: okay. But yeah, so I you program yourself not to use it. I that. don't
0: know if we've talked about this before, whether we think this is going to be like the future and when or whatever, but I do feel like self-driving cars will be a very normal thing in a decade or two, probably. It just yep. needs to be tested 100% and then rolled out. The question is when you remove the manual override. Like if we can reach a point when that isn't necessary anymore. Because mm-hmm. I still think it's important to have that. And I guess with that in mind, maybe I wouldn't... I wouldn't drive in a self-driving car on my own because I can't drive. But if I was with someone else who could do manual override, I wouldn't mind. Right. Uh, but I wouldn't feel safe doing it myself because what if something goes wrong? I can't fucking... Not just for my own safety, but for other people. That's the important thing, right? If anything fails in the tech, the person in the car needs to be able to handle the situation so that innocent people don't get hurt or die. Worst case. um, So... Okay, but yeah the the idea of it is cool i think and I, I i would like to try it at some point
1: i can't wait to not have to drive i would love to just sleep in my car whenever that's legal which that's gonna take longer like you said yeah all right so uh with that i'm gonna go shave my balls again thanks to manscape Cinderin, and uh <laughs> hopefully you can do the same again, can. did you shave them already today yeah we can uh do it together oh, i yeah, understand scrolling scrolling Back you already. It. if you
0: need to shave twice
1: david <laughs> that's a lost well, i trimmed i could trim some more maybe i don't know okay so yeah, it. check out the link in the description, friends. And until next time, Suns, Fan, and Cinder, and signing out. Goodbye. Bye. We say things that don't mean anything, right. but thanks right. for his listening.